Hello and welcome to the Calvary Convos podcast. I'm your host, Sawyer Lewis. This podcast is dedicated to spreading the gospel through engaging conversations and practical application of biblical truths. Thank you so much for being here today. Now, let's get ready to join the convo. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Excited to be here with Pastor Brian Labatt. And it's the beginning of a new year, and usually the new year comes along with a lot of New Year's resolutions and just thinking of different ways that we can make ourselves better. And one important biblical principle that uh, a lot of people, I think, are kind of acting on in the beginning of the year is um, consecration. So we're going to talk a little bit about consecration today, because I'm sure a lot of us, especially in the Christian world, a lot of people have resolutions to pray more or read their Bible more or just be a be a better Christian this year. So consecration is a big part of that. Um, so let, let's go ahead and jump right into that. So um, first of all, thank you so much for being with us, Pastor. Glad to be here. Uh, super excited to have you. So First I, question. First, we need to <laughs> we need to state that this is our very first podcast. Yes. So uh, we're new at this, but we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. This is a new thing, so be patient. It's a new it's day. It's only gonna it's go up year. from here. <laughs> yep. New Year's resolution. It was a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. So regarding consecration, what is it? It's a big word, word we don't hear very often, especially in today's world. So how would you define consecration? Well, I think first, consecration is an, an extremely old word, and it's a word that's not really used much today. Um, in fact, I don't even believe the word consecration is found in the New Testament. It's only mentioned 13 times in the Bible. And when you look at the word consecration, it just simply means to devote irrevocably to God, to give priority to spiritual things over physical things. And as you look at the word, you discover it's not just being separated from sin, but it really means being wholly separated unto God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so I feel like today in in the modern world, like it's not very common to to talk about setting yourself apart and and you know devoting yourself wholly to something. Um, so I feel like that's a really important concept for us to to grasp, especially in today's world, because everything is is fluid. It's constantly changing. You can be a part of a thousand different things at a time, and none of them really require like all of who you are. But the Bible's very clear that you know God expects something from us. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Paul even said, you know, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So. God expects us to devote ourselves to to Him. So that kind of leads us into the next question. What is the, the biblical expectation of consecration? So basically, does God actually expect us to consecrate ourselves or to completely set ourselves apart and devote ourselves to Him? Absolutely. You know, in the Old Testament, um, the word consecration is there. When you look at the New Testament, you don't really find the word consecration, but you you do see the principle of it, um, especially when in John chapter 6, when um, there's crowds that are following Jesus, and you know he's healing the sick and raising the dead. He's performing miracles, and 
uh, in John 6, he's just fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And um, then he sends his disciples to the other side of the sea, and, and then the crowds follow him. And when they got to him, he said, you want me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. And basically what he was saying was, is you don't really want me for who I am. You want me for what I can do for you. Mm. And so this statement launches them into a conversation about how Jesus is the bread of life, the living bread come down from heaven. And then Jesus made this statement. He said, if you want to live, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, for my flesh is true food and my food is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And when they heard that, I can imagine they probably thought, you know, wait a minute, this is not the Jesus that we expected. This is not the Jesus we wanted. We we want the Jesus that heals the sick and raises the dead. We don't want the Jesus that requires we eat his flesh and drink his blood. And so they said this is a hard saying. And then when you get to verse 66, the Bible said from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Notice it wasn't just the crowd, but it was disciples who actually turned and walked away. Yeah. And so I think the principle here is, is that Jesus requires um, greater commitment. We have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. We've got to become one with him. And I think that really is the definition of consecration. Yeah. I feel like that's something that's not really talked about in a lot of churches. Like a lot of churches are just you know, building ministries on the, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, but they're missing out on so much more from God because they're skipping on the consecration part of it. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, <clears throat> I want to make a, a very bold statement, and that is this, that if Jesus pastored a church, mine would be bigger. <laughs> I mean, think about it. People would leave his church to come to mine because I don't require the same level of commitment that Jesus required. Because I know how to cater to people's desires, so they stick around. But you know, when you think about it, Jesus was never really that good at that. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, this this meek and mild Jesus isn't really the only Jesus that I know. This Jesus that I know, who requires that we eat his flesh and drink his blood, he required total commitment. He said, "If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his sisters, his brothers." He cannot be my disciple. He required complete commitment. He also preached it straight. I mean, you know, he said, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot uh, be my disciple. He preached it straight. He was exceptionally hard on sin. Um, you know, he talked about money. He preached more about hell than he preached about heaven. He didn't really mess around with hypocrisy. He was extremely hard on that. He required complete obedience to his word. He was serious about the Great Commission. So he really required a lot more than I think we require today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I feel like we've we've grown kind of lax on a lot of those different aspects. Just I mean, a lot of churches do this in an effort to, you know, build crowds and, and get more people in, but Again, I feel like those those people are missing out on so much more from God because they're not truly devoting their entire lives over to Him. Um, and I mean, it goes back to the definition of consecration is declaring something to be sacred. And if, and a consecration isn't just a, a New Testament thing. It was all throughout the, the Old Testament, because even in Exodus, I mean, when they were putting the tabernacle to together, they were 
you know, getting the furnishings, all the, the tools, they, they consecrated those things, and yeah. they were set aside for a specific purpose. And I forget, who was it that saw the writing on the wall? Do you remember? Belshazzar? Yeah, so Belshazzar, he saw the writing on the wall because he had the instruments of the, ta- of the tabernacle that a hundred years prior had been set aside for a specific purpose, and he was using them in a way they were never intended. Yeah. So being set apart, you know, it, it, it's bigger than yourself. It outlasts you. I mean, when you consecrate yourself, there's an effect on your family, on your friends, um, because the things that come in, in contact with something that is sacred, yeah. they, they experience that, that uh, kind of sacred or holiness, I guess you could put it. Well, and, and also, those are the people that God are, is looking for, those that are consecrated, holy, dedicated, and committed to Him, to yep. His cause and His purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, that's very true. That's good stuff. Um, so with, with that being said... What is the practical application of consecration? So in today's day and age, what does it look like to consecrate yourself? That's a good question. Um, you know, it seems like we, most of us, we, we live two separate lives. We have our church life, and then we have, you know, the other life that we live Monday through Saturday. So we have our sac- sacred and our secular, and I think to be consecrated is we have to learn how to put the two together, where we're not living two separate lives, but to be wholly consecrated is to take on Christ, eat His flesh, drink His blood, literally become one with Him. You know, Paul talked about to live is Christ, and so Paul had died to self and now Christ was living in him, fulfilling his purpose in his life. And I think that's what it means to be consecrated, and I think that's how we apply it in our lives, is when we don't live two separate lives, but we live one life for him. Yeah, so our entire life is dedicated to live according to Scripture. Absolutely. And we don't have that that kind of secret part set aside where we, we're going off doing things that may please the flesh, because you know pleasures of sin may last for a season, but but we're we're separating ourselves from those things and devoting ourselves wholly to His purpose. Yeah, I think it's a fusion between us and Christ so much that we become we literally become one with Him. Yeah, we think the way He thinks, um, we love what He loves, we hate what He hates. Yep, yep. No, that's that's very true. All right, so a- another important thing that I think we need to address first of all is the fact that we're all human. We're made of flesh, and the flesh is imperfect. <laughs> yeah, and, and flesh gets us into a lot of trouble. So the flesh is my primary concern and problem. <laughs> yep, exactly. So we, I think, we need to prepare ourselves first of all, because, like I said, going back to you know to the beginning, New Year's resolutions. We're all striving to be better. Some of us set goals for the year of things we want to do. You know, maybe it's to stop doing something or to start doing more of something for God. But we're human. And we're imperfect, so there will come a point where we fail, and we we kind of fall off the wagon, as it were. Um, so, what do you think we should do um, as as members of the church? We're striving to do all we can for God, but we, you know, maybe we slack off, we we fall into something or, or whatever. We just kind of 
get off the altar, <laughs> get off of that yeah. or out of that place yeah. of consecration. Yeah. Well, I think we have to understand again, we're human and we're going to make mistakes. That's a part of our earthly existence. But the main thing is, is that we have to have a passion for God and a love for God, a heart for God, heart for the things of God. When I think about David, you know, David made a lot of mistakes. He probably made more mistakes than Saul did. But the difference between David and Saul was David had a heart for God. The Bible calls him literally a man after God's own heart. He had a heart for the things of God. He was literally after God. And so when he made mistakes, he always got back up. And, and of course, we know that God forgave him um, because of his heart, his heart for the things of God. So we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. Uh, we're not always going to get it right. But I think if our heart is after God, that'll pull us back into check and keep us where we need to be. Yep. So you've never really failed at consecrating yourself until you come to the point where you say, I keep messing up. I've, I've messed up too much. I'm just going to stop trying. That's the point of failure is when you just... Yeah think you've, you've passed a point of no return, and you just choose to stop pursuing it. Yeah. Well, the Bible said, a righteous man falleth seven times, mm-hmm. but he riseth up again. You know, every time he falls, he's going to get back up. So the key to being righteous is you just have to have more get-ups than you have fall-downs. <laughs> yep. My, uh, growing up, my grandfather, whenever someone would ask him how he's doing, he would always say, well, I'm either up or I'm getting up. Yeah. There was no like staying that. down. No. Um, but I, I would like to point out in Romans 12, Paul says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I heard a preacher one time, he was talking about this verse, and he said there is a big problem with living sacrifices. And that problem is living sacrifices can still get off the altar. Yeah, that's true. If you have a dead sacrifice and you lay it on the altar, there's no life. It can't get up and walk off. But a living sacrifice has to choose to be there. And and the same man who said, you know, present your body a living sacrifice also said he dies daily. So I think it's important to note that consecration isn't just one big decision you make once in a lifetime or once at the beginning of the year to to do better in, in certain areas and devote yourself to God. But I, I truly believe it's a daily commitment. Yeah. You have to wake up every day and say, you know, my whole day, my whole life, my thoughts, my actions are going to be devoted to, you know, building the kingdom of God, to pleasing God today. And if if you fall off, just get back up. Yeah. It's a process. You're, you're never going to be perfect. Just keep pursuing it. And even, you know, holiness is, is kind of wrapped into this, this whole consecration thing and, you know, living according to Scripture. But whenever uh, Paul's talking about holiness, he's, he's, he says perfecting holiness, but he doesn't say to perfect holiness. So I think we can do the same thing with consecration. So just striving to do better, constantly doing better, perfecting it, not becoming perfect. Somebody said holiness is not a point to be reached. It's a way to travel. Mm, That's good. At no point will you reach the place where you say, I'm holy. Yeah. You know, but the Bible talks about the highway of holiness. Mm -hmm. So none of us are ever going to be perfect, but I want to be pointed in the right direction. Yep. And going in the right way. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Pastor. I I believe this has been a really been eye opening and helpful for me. And uh, thank you for the audience. Thank you for so much for joining us today for the Calvary Convos podcast. I hope this information was both practical and helpful for you. 
So be sure to be on the lookout for our next episode, which will be airing next week. So until then, I hope you have a great week and God bless.